I'm fired. I didn't start recording this for the podcast. Oh, well. So Genesis chapter 12. If anybody wants to pick up verses 1 through 3. Then the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, and unto the land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So this is where we see the introduction where God reveals to Abraham that he's got a big plan. And ultimately this leads into what's known as the Abrahamic Covenant. Um, Go ahead and go to chapter 16 and kind of sit there and wait. So as as things normally go, when God has a plan, Satan has one too, and ultimately the flesh plays into that. So him and Sarah both agree that, you know, they they wanted to have a child, and God told them what was going to happen. However, they were impatient on waiting on God. She conceives, or um, they agree that Abraham should be with Hagar, which ultimately led to the birth of Ishmael. So this is a decision in the flesh, and this act also proves the divinity of the Jews versus the rest of the world, that the children of Ishmael would have trouble and be troubled. So uh, Genesis 16, 12, and he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of of all his brethren. But I find it interesting that that, from the choice that they made and the offspring of what Ishmael would be and ultimately leads into the Arab nations that they have. And they've been, you're looking at what you have today as a result of, of their decision in the flesh. So moving on from that, when we get into seeing exactly how God works this out as their founder. So the result of God's plan, Genesis 17, establishes this in verse 2. Or wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, verse 2. Somebody want to pick it up? Morgan. So he continues to establish this. And um, Genesis seventeen twenty one. Kent. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. So clearly we see in these chapters of Genesis that God establishes his people. He is the founder. So for a little fun, and I was as I was going through this and putting this together, I was doing a little bit of, you know, what we learn and how to study the Bible, comparing scripture with scripture. And uh, one of the unique things that God does to set apart the Jew is um, in chapter 16. It goes back to 16. Give me a second. Is it 10 through 12? Okay. So 17.10, this is my covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. 
every man child among you shall be circumcised. So this is one of the physical ways that he's setting apart the Jews, is circumcision. And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you. Every man child in your generations, he that is born in the house or bought with money of any stranger, which is not of thy seed. I found it interesting that it was on the eighth day. What's special about the eighth day? Anybody know? New beginnings. So I found it interesting that at that time he established that on the eighth day that that's what was supposed to happen with the males. I thought that was pretty cool. So then if we fast forward and in Romans the book of Acts and the book of Romans Acts 11.2 says, And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him. So the Jews over all this time, you think about when this covenant was established, all the way up into the New Testament times, they're known as the circumcision. So again, I thought that was a really unique way of seeing how God has preserved his word, preserved his people, preserved his covenants. You see preservation all through this. So I thought that was really cool. So it goes on to say, I'm paraphrasing a lot of this just because of time. But you end up seeing that in the New Testament. And then in Romans um, chapter, basically through Romans chapter 4, um, it goes on, you know, Paul goes on to talk about the Jew and how that faith and their faith in these covenants is no longer needed because we have Jesus Christ. So the first first time that um, you hear the mention of children of Israel is in Genesis 32, 32. And the first reference of Abram um, uh, being called a Hebrew. I did not write my reference down. I'm an awful note taker. I'm fired. <laughs> I had it written on there where it was supposed to be. And I want to say that it was in Genesis, it was in Genesis 16. So I apologize. I, I didn't catch that. I thought I had it in there. So moving on, the authorities and uh, and how this came to be. So the Tanakh, the Tanakh is what we refer to as the Old Testament. The word Tanakh comes from the first three letters of the three books included in this text. The Torah plus the, the Nevi'im and the Ketuvim. And these are the orders, the books, the order of the books is different than the Old Testament of the Bible because these books are categorized differently than what we would see them. So they also have the scriptures listed as 24 books as opposed to the 39 that we would list. And they are in a different order. So the Torah is referred to as the law of God. The Nevi'im is the prophet's. And then the Ketuvim gets into the writings and the histories and the prophecies, poems, hymns, and so forth. Yes? Uh, I was going to tell you, a blue letter Bible to Hebrew. Yes. Uh, Genesis 14, 13. 14, 13? 14, 13. Thank you. The same one that had escaped and told Abraham to Hebrew. Yes. Thank you. 14, Genesis 14, 13. 
I even had that in there. I was like, man, that's really cool. I'm putting that in there. And then I didn't put my verse, my verse reference in there. So, rookie, rookie hour up here. Thank you. So, looking over these, you know, the authority that they call this, uh, the Torah, Torah is the, ultimately, it is, it is king. It is top dog with, with everything. So the Tanakh, it's also known as the Mikra, and its meaning, or that which is, the meaning is that which was read. It was not used as a word or a term. It was because the texts were read publicly and it was not originally in book text form. That came later in the Middle Ages um, when they started to adopt more of the book, chapter, verse. It was more of a Christian thing when that started breaking down. So originally the Tanakh or the Mikra were not written in what we would see as like our Bible. That came later on. So that opened up the door, just like getting back into revised versions of the Bible. Now there's all kinds of questioning about, is this the true Word of God? So now this opens up all kinds of different disputes. Now keep in mind, when you're working through with Judaism, it's a religion. They're still lost. They're stuck in this stuff. But they argue about the same things that Christians argue about with the final authority of the Word of God. So I found that rather, rather interesting. So getting into the Talmud, getting into the Talmud, the Mishnah, the Torah, and the Shalunaruk, these writings are a collection of oral traditions handed down through the centuries by rabbis. This is where things really get convoluted. So you have the Torah, which is ultimately their they bank everything on the Torah. But then you have these three, these three other writings that come in to play. And they're used to guide observers of the law on how to live out practically in everyday life. Though we do not find the word Talmud in the New Testament, it's clearly referenced by the Pharisees and Jesus in the Gospels. Go ahead and take a look at Matthew um, 15. We're going to look at these verses real quick. This is, this is almost a carbon copy of what you see within the Catholic religion of, of having a priest to be able to... Because you need a priest. You need somebody to explain it to you. You can't figure it out for yourself because you're too dumb. So now this is, this is kind of a similar setup only within the Jewish faith. Matthew 15, 1 through 2. Somebody take it. Totally missing it. Totally missing it. These guys are stuck in these traditions, and that's where a lot of this trash came from, was all these extra extra things that were put in. And especially when Christ was here doing his ministry, and they're trying to nail him on these things. They created all this extra baggage within this religion, and they're trying to get him on that. Go ahead and go to Mark 7, 1 through, Mark 7, 1 through 13. Let me get there. Anybody willing? Jamie? 
Then came together unto him the Pharisees, and certain of the scribes which came from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say, with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands off, eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. When they come from the market, except, except they wash, they eat not. And many other things there be, which they have received to hold, as the washing of cups and pots, brazen vessels, and of tables. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashing hands? He answered and said unto them, Well, hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandments of God, ye hold the tradition of men, as the washing of pots and cups, and many other such like things ye do. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, If a man shall say to his father or mother, It is Corbin, that is to say, a gift, by what whatsoever thou mightest be, be profited by me, he shall be free. And ye suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his mother, making the word of God of none effect for your tradition, which you have delivered, and many such like things do you. Beautiful how he lays it out. And that's where the buck stops with the Jews. Stuck in the traditions of men, and they will not be free from it. And he calls them out on it. That's why I said last week, they're always, they're like this close with things, but yet so far away. And it really, this is where these traditions and all these things came in with the Talmud and the Mishnah Torah and all that. And it's so much stuff. So I found, I was while I was researching this, I found a video that I'm going to play a few minutes of. So I hope you guys are good, fast note takers. I don't encourage you to take any notes, but listen to this guy. It's, it's, it's sad. And I'll explain why it's, it's sad. So this guy is a modern reform rabbi. And I'm kind of digging his million dollar cowboy bar shirt he's got on. So he's 
He's feeling it. But he's a rabbi. So he's going into explaining what what the Mishnah Torah is and these other, the Talmud and whatnot. So just, just listen to him for a few minutes. So it's 12 minutes, but I'm not playing the whole thing. I'm going to try to. I don't know. He decided to shoot it outside. And which code should we be actually trying to model modern-day Jewish life around? And honestly, I decided to speak in this topic because it has been brought to my attention that many have said that I degrade Shukharuk, or that I have said that one should only go by the Shnebrah. So today, friends, I wanted to clear this up once and for all. And for all those who may be new to Judaism and don't understand what I'm talking about, you will in a minute. Yeah, he's got all these little breaks in there, too. It's and kind of as long. you know, that apart from the written law, the five books of Moses, Judaism has within it an oral law. What is the oral law? Friends, the Almighty in Torah instructed Moses to establish a court of 70 elders, 71 with Moses, to basically translate the ceremonial and practical laws given in Torah into a practical, applicable system. The system is known as halakha. Actually, the same Torah in Deuteronomy 17 tells us that God himself commanded us to obey this court. And actually goes on to say that by obeying them, we would actually be obeying him. And I know that many who claim to be opponents to the oral law claim that it is some sort of new effort to corrupt Torah. Friends, it was commanded in Torah itself. And I'm not really sure what all the opposition is about, actually. You getting but all this? Regardless, the halakha Makes sense? established by the court were Does it make any sense? of Gezerot and Takanot, literally fences and edicts, again, to aid the keeping of Torah. Because remember, friends, and never forget that Torah is king. Or is king. All additional anything, like I said, is only to magnify Torah by either guarding Torah or our walk within Torah. And again, not to create a new Torah. No. And I admit that teach idea. Now, what... So obviously I'm just going to make it admit so. Did any of you understand any of that? No. Yeah. It almost sounds like Jehovah's Witness where they have like their base is something and then everything else is to magnify it. So like yeah. the base is the Torah, but then we have to add things so that it makes it better or more appealing. You got it. That's what they that's what this is about. That's where all this stuff from Mark chapter seven, that's where all this plays in. They have they have added and over the years they've added so much garbage I reached out to my friend who I shared the testimony about. I asked her because she didn't include. I asked her, so I wanted to know what she believed about eternity. She hasn't responded back to me. She doesn't check her messages all that often. I wanted to be able to share that because, really, so far in all this studying that I've done for this, I can't tell you what the Jews believe about eternity. And that's sad because then you got this guy up here who's rattling off 12 minutes worth of stuff that's not going to matter. And I'm not saying it to mock him or knock him, but that's what they've done. They've muddied all this up. And they've, you've tell you, aren't you glad the gospel's simple? The gospel's that simple. Good. I have a, a good friend that I work with who's practicing Jew and uh, born Jewish. Mm-hmm. And he's from New York. 
Mm -hmm. But um, they do not have eternal security. So when I've asked her, um, it literally is it's like a, it's a crapshoot. Like if you don't have <coughs> obedience to the law, you might make it. You might. Um, but there's no eternal security for her. So they're just trying their best to like work the ladder. Work. It's works. Yeah. It's works. It's good deeds. You know, that's community service. It's 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 all that. It's sad, and they're they're missing it. They're so close, but yet they're so far away. So moving on from from that, but but that was my point. I just wanted to share with this guy. Goes on. He goes on and on and on and on and on. And the more that I listen to him, I'm like, it's more confusing than anything. And they talk about one of the other things that I found studying this stuff out is well, you need to understand the Torah first. You need to understand. You need to learn all this first. Whereas with us in Christianity, it's get saved, get to know Christ, and then he lines the rest of it up. And it's amazing because after I got saved and I started learning different verses, it all lined up, it all fell into place like dominoes. It's amazing. This, even in their doctrine, you have to work your way up. And it only leads to one place, and it's sad. So getting back onto the study sheet, we're at uh, doctrine. So the Torah is still reverenced as the pinnacle of doctrine. So we're just going to fly through this stuff here. Observe the Ten Commandments. That's ultimately what they put a focus on. So there are 613 direct commandments found in the laws. Jews today focus on obeying those ten found in Exodus 20. There's no longer animal sacrifices. This is a big one to know. No longer animal sacrifices performed by the high priest because there is no temple and therefore no high priest. So since they don't have their temple, they don't do the animal sacrifices. The practice was briefly resumed during the Jewish War of AD 132 to 135 was ended permanently after that war was lost and today modern Jews believe that forgiveness for sins is obtained through repentance, prayer, and good deeds. And those are ultimately explained in those verses. If you want to look them up on your own time, you can do that. So the 13 principles of Jewish faith is belief in the existence of the Creator, who is perfect in every manner of existence and is the primary cause of all that exists. And I have to scratch my head about that because, again, it goes back to their starting to, the whole doctrinal side of things where they've put the number, book, chapter, verse spots in places. So there are critics out there of that. The belief in God's absolute and unparalleled unity, the belief in God's non-corporality, that he will be affected by any physical occurrences such as movement or rest or dwelling. Belief in God's eternity, imperative to worship God exclusively, no foreign or false gods. We got that part right, at least. Belief that God communicates with man through prophecy. Okay. The belief in the primacy of the prophecy of Moses, our teacher, the belief in divine origin of the Torah, the belief in the immutability of the Torah, no other Torah, period. All right? If you haven't figured it out yet, Torah, that's held up here. Belief in God's on, on what is it? Omniscience. Thank you. I'm not, my education level isn't that high. In Providence. The belief in divine reward and retribution. The belief in the arrival of the Messiah and the Messianic era. Now here's another one that you guys need to get down. Anglicization of the Hebrew Messiah 
or anointed, a man who will be chosen by God to put an end to all evil in the world, rebuild the temple, bring the exiles back to Israel, and usher in the world to come. It is better to use the Hebrew term Messiah when speaking of the Jewish Messiah because the Jewish concept is very different from the Christian one. So they're still looking for their Messiah. He has came and went, but they are still looking ultimately. Belief in the resurrection of the dead. In Judaism, death is not a tragedy, even when it occurs early in life or through unfortunate circumstances. Death, they see it as a natural process. And again, nothing about the eternal. It's a custom of many congregations to recite the 13 articles in a slightly more poetic form, beginning with the words, and a maimon, I believe, which means I believe every day after the morning prayers in a synagogue. There's also some other uh, readings that they'll do publicly. Um, their Jewish calendar, the Jewish calendar is 54 weeks. And during those four, 54 weeks, they will typically read the Torah within those 54 weeks as public readings in their synagogues. So what does the Bible say? That nobody is justified by the works and deeds of the law. So let's go ahead and take a look at a few of these verses. Acts 13, 39. I was given a hard deadline by Tim Goodrich that I have to be done by 818. 818, not 815, 818. Needless to say, I texted him and let him know that I'm on his clock. It's been fun getting to know your dad. He's a pretty unique guy. Him and I have a pretty good amount in common. It's good to get to know him. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. 1339. Mark. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. It's pretty simple. So I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Romans 3.20. And somebody else go to somebody take twenty or three twenty and twenty eight and one person take Galatians two sixteen. Which one do you want? Three twenty and twenty eight? Sure. Okay. Who's taking Galatians? Haley. You want it? Hey, you gotta commit. Come on, man, get what yeah, you go I got this. You got it? You got it, Kent, you got it. Got it? Go ahead. Yep. You're first. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Again, it is so simple in salvation. Did I cut you off? No, no, no. You're good. No, okay. you're good. I was just talking about yourself. Yeah. You're fine. You don't need to make fun of yourself. Kent? Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. All these verses speak for themselves. Faith over works all day long. 
It's so simple. The gospel is so simple. And it's, I wish when witnessing with Jewish folks and the times that I've had those opportunities and any of you guys, if you had them, that they would just stop. It's like, man, you're, you're special. Would you just get it? Would you just believe the rest of it? Would you get past the Old Testament and believe what's here? He came. Oh, it drives me crazy. Yes. They don't believe that our they don't believe that this Christ was the Messiah. Unless they were a messianic Jew, but again, going back to the three people types, if a Jew gets saved, they're part of the church. So if they are willing to open their heart and open to and open to consider exactly who Jesus Christ was and is, then they would they would change. They would get saved. No, they don't believe that. Ultimately no, they don't. No. Somebody else had a hand. Yes. Okay, so you said that they were like they're special. Okay. And so could oh, never mind, I'll pay you never mind. Alright, well, when you collect it, bring it bring it back. Ain't no big deal. It's all good. Alright, so last part. Blood sacrifice is required for the remission of sins, and that is true. But what was the final blood sacrifice? Jesus. Yes, the magical, the, the magical answer. So Leviticus seventeen eleven, for the life of the for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Again, these all these verses are just so self-explanatory. There's nothing unique about them. I mean, they are unique. Don't get me wrong. I'm not discounting the word of God. Sorry, that kind of came out funny. It can come out the way that I wanted it. Matthew 26, 28. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. In Hebrews 9, 22. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. And that, folks, is Judaism and the Jew and... And who they are. Did you get your thoughts together yet? Yeah, so could you become a Jew? Like, could I like become a Jew potentially? You're saved, so technically no. If you okay. have a salvation okay. testimony... Yeah, like, people can convert yes. to yes. Yeah, just... But then that confuses me because then if you can convert to Judaism and they're God's special people, like, do you see where I'm going with this? Like, yeah, completely. So technically, you're like... Yeah. Kind of like Ruth. But like, okay, so he says he protect, he's gonna protect the Jews. So would you be, I guess, counted as like a Jew in that aspect of it? You can make a choice to become Jewish. That doesn't mean that that bloodline Jews will accept you, just like my friend. She's not, she would not be accepted by the ultra-Orthodox Jews because her mom is not Jewish. Okay? No. But in Reform because that's where she's recognized as a Jew because they're more liberal. You're also, I forgot to mention, you're also going to find that Jews are mostly liberal in their views even though they have a belief in God. So to answer your question, this is a religion. 
Judaism is a religion. It is not a relationship with Jesus Christ like we have through salvation. And that's probably why you're having a hard time making the connection and anybody else that's saved making the connection of, well, how could I become a Jew? You can make the choice. But are you saved? Does it make sense? Yes. 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 Yeah. Which which falls along the same lines as Amish. A lot of the traditions and family and community and yeah, good. The leaves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you talked earlier about like Ishmael and the counterfeit that Satan has set forth, if you look at the Muslim basic beliefs, it is those thirteen things minus Moses and Mohammed. So literally, it's the exact same. Like, yep. They just call God a different name. Yep. They believe that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were like they believe in that bloodline. They yep. That Ishmael came from that blood. So it's like as I'm reading through it, I'm like, this is literally the Muslim faith. Yep. Minus Moses and yep. Mohammed. Yep. It's insane. But yeah. it's like such a good example of how Satan just counterfeits everything that God does. Perfectly. Yeah. It's all kind of, it's all it's all close enough with a little bit of poison mixed in the blender. It's crazy. It's sad. It is. It's crazy and it's sad and because it just leads people to hell. To those that and that's what keeps people going is they get stuck in these reli- in this religion and they get stuck in those aspects of faith or they get stuck in the Torah and they don't get past that and it's like that's what I'm saying, so close yet so far away, it's like your Messiah has come would you listen to what the New Testament has to say but no, we can't hear that because that's not what we believe so therefore the New Testament's out because we don't believe in it doctrinally anybody else? yeah so do they see like, you said there's three different types of like Jewish groups Yes. So does that mean like God sees three different groups, or does He see just they're all like together in one group? This isn't. This isn't God's. This is a, It's not about God. Judaism is a religion made up by this. This Judaism is all made up by man. So God doesn't see them the way that they think they're seen. Yeah, that's and that's what I was. Aff- that's the, you're, okay. that's perfect. All right. So time out real quick. This is what I was afraid of is that somebody would get stuck on this because I saw it coming. It's not bad. No, 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 no. It's not bad. Because maybe you're, maybe somebody else is in here and they're just not saying anything. Okay? And that's why I want to try to make this as simple as possible. And again, go back to what this is at the root. It is a religion. The Jewish faith is religion. Just like the Catholic faith is religion. They have priests. They don't necessarily you know they don't they reverence jesus as their savior the catholics do but you don't hear that in judaism it's a religion not a relationship so this is what they believe they will not accept the fact that jesus christ came died for their sins rose and is resurrected they believe in all these traditions, all these things that the Pharisees were hung up on and tried to nail Jesus on in his ministry, and he countered them with his word. Does it make sense? Okay, yeah. You sure? I, I 
and started to make sense. I think I can help. Go for it. So, Judaism is the man-made practice of the original Jewish people. So, like, they kept the same practices that God had given them way back when, culturally. Like, these practices were good. God gave them to the Jewish people because he was protecting them. You read through all the law, it was to keep them safe, healthy, etc., blah, blah. What happens is, like, the difference is Jewish people isn't Judaism. So the people, the bloodline of the Jewish people that God created, Adam, Adam or Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that was the Jewish people, the bloodline. So you can, they're just kind of counterfeiting what those people have done all those years and brought it to the 21st century. So they're practicing, they're practicing what they were, but they're not necessarily always Jewish. So like if you convert to Judaism, you're not a Jew. You're practicing Judaism, but you're not a Jew because you weren't born Jew. So it's like I right. can't I can't be born outside of my right. like somebody can come into my family life, but they're still not my family by blood. You know, like when I get married to Andy, I become part of his family, but not by blood. So I'm still an outsider. So if you convert to Judaism, you're still an outsider. Yeah. Does that make more sense? Christ. You know, like that, and the that religion is that. that, 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 that was That's exactly it. Judaism is dead, and for a Jew, the only way is Christ. That's it. Done and done. Yeah. And they're tr- Jesus, and that's it. And ultimately, their traditions will lead them to an eternity in hell. And it's sad, but that's exactly what the Catholic faith does. And all the other religions that we're going to get into. Oh, I know. I'm watching. I'm watching. Tell Tim he's going to have to hang it. Hold on to his shorts out there in the parking lot. What's that? I would like to know about 818. I'm gonna, I plan on grilling him on that one. I just haven't had time. Don't worry. I'm going to, I'm going to take him to the, I'm going to take him to task on that. I want to find out why he said 818. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, we come before you and we just, uh, Lord, I, I, I don't, I don't like being hard about these things, but the truth of the matter is, is that, that we can have a relationship with you and we do have a relationship with you if we've, if we've trusted in you and you've even shown your people in your word who you are, who you were. You established your bloodline in the beginning of the New Testament exactly as it was related and prophesied in the, in the, in the minor prophets, Lord. You're exactly who you said and say you are. And Lord, I just wish that your people today would, would recognize that, that they would get saved. And uh, Lord, I, I know that some folks would, would, would get saved that are Jewish. And I pray that they would have more open hearts. And Lord, if any of us in this room have have an open door with one of them, Lord, just give us the boldness and the wisdom to speak the truth of these things that we've learned and, and ultimately love on them, Lord. We don't we don't hate the Jews. We just the doctrine is what's wrong. And they they hang their hat on these things, Lord. So I pray that they would have soft hearts open ears and lord that there would just be opportunities for us when we encounter them and just love on them lord they're a special people they're unique and uh i know they hold a special place in my heart personally and uh 
I just pray that maybe that would find the same soft spot for anybody in this room as well, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity to teach this series, Lord. I'm grateful for it. And uh, just continue to refine me and refine everybody else in this room. You're so good. Thank you for for what you did on the cross and that we have hope in our salvation and your resurrection and the fact that you're coming back, Lord. We love you. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Thanks, guys. 818 on the dot. But you're not out in the parking lot yet, so. It was actually funny. I didn't plan it that way. It's just kind of how it wound up.